Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. everybody, this is Tara Lynn, and I am here with Chanel Nielsen, and she is going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, which is mornings. We get so many questions about mornings. I mean, it's obviously here at Find the Magic, one of the most important things to us three hosts. And for me, it's honestly been the habits that, that has changed my life the very most. So I am so excited to be here talking with you, Chanel. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell, tell them a little bit about why you're even here and about all your awesome stuff? Oh, definitely. Okay. I'm excited to be here. And I also like, I get so excited about mornings because it is just a game changer. And so I'm excited for this conversation. Um, A quick introduction. I live in Southern California with my husband and five kids. Um, They are all known for being very tall. My husband's 6'10". I've got kids. My 16-year-old is like 6'5". Anyways, my kids are really tall. I'm 5'7". I'm an average height. We love to swim and play outside and spend time together. I am a life coach. I came to that after a long time in the podcasting world and I loved podcasting. I feel like I'm a teacher at heart and I really enjoyed that part of podcasting, but I switched to life coaching because I wanted to see that transformation and to guide people and to hold their hands through that transformation. And so it's been so awesome for me to really be with people as they make the changes. And so I love teaching. I love seeing people learn that. And then the part that just like lights me up is when they actually make those changes. And so that's why I do what I do. I'm also an author. Um, I've written, I've published five books, one on parenting and then four children's books. Um, And I'm a yoga instructor. So I am a a woman of many diverse, uh, different things that I like to do. Okay. Everything you just said, you're like speaking my language here. (laughs) You've written five books. Yes. And you're a yoga instructor. I have not written five books, but I have aspirations and I love to write. And I am also a yoga instructor. So this is just, mm, I'm so excited about this. (laughs) And, and your husband's 6'10". That's really tall. Yes. Doorways. If you want a visual, doorways are six foot eight. So oh, wow. we had to have our doorways raised in our house. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you just have to bend it. over. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And tell me, where did you learn life coaching at? Yeah. So I studied with the Transformation Academy. Before I got certified, though, I had done some coaching and then I went, I decided I wanted all the background and all the certification. Um, I've also done other coaching programs and other coaching trainings, but my, my one certification is transformation Academy, which is fantastic. Mm, Awesome. Okay. That's so good to know. I think, I think life coaching training is spectacular and I really appreciate what you do. Okay. So we're going to dig right in to mornings. Mornings, I think are key for everybody. And the more I study people who honestly inspire me and who to me are just world movers, 
mornings are oftentimes a huge part for them as well. So let's talk about first why you think, why do you think morning routines are so important and why is this such a thing, something that you love to teach about so much? Yeah. So I really feel like how you start the day just has this ripple effect for the rest of your day. And studies show that about 95% of people start their their day looking at their phone. Mm -hmm. And so for any listeners who you start your day that way, you don't need to feel bad. That's what everyone else is doing. But do you want your day to be like everyone else? And why that's really a problem is because if you think about it, what are you doing when you're on your phone? You are reacting. You're like, okay, what input, what is, what do my friends have to say? What went on in the night? What, you know, most of that is social media, sometimes news, sometimes email, which can just dive us right into work and stress and comparison and panic if we're reading the news. And those, that kind of reactivity just puts us in that state for all day. And especially I feel like as moms, if, you know, for whoever is a mom, and that's primarily who I work with, we already have a lot going on and a lot of inputs coming in with our kids. And so we already have to juggle that reactiveness all day. And so if we can, instead of reacting, proactively choose and intentionally decide how to start our morning, that is what's really going to change the way that we frame our day. It's going to change, you know, the trajectory and the momentum that we get started in our day. I agree hundred percent. For me, I call it my patient's skin, but Mm -hmm. I've also heard it called adaptation energy. Um, I've heard it called a lot of different things, but for me, building up that ability to respond in a way that you want to throughout your day, instead of just knee jerk reaction for me, that is the key hundred percent morning routines all the way. Okay. So what about, how did you, how did it become important for you? Yeah. So I did not have this skill when I was a young mom and I had my first four, uh, our first four kids were planned and we wanted them very close together. Our fifth baby is like a seven year gap. So that wasn't exactly the plan, but it's been fantastic anyways. So I had these very young kids and this is what I had always wanted. I wanted to be a mom. And yet I found myself just exhausted. Like it would be time to make dinner and I would be ready to pull my hair out. Everyone would be freaking out. My husband was working out of the home and I was home and trying to get dinner and just yelling and angry. And really, I don't feel like that's who I am as a person. I feel like I'm a pretty calm person, but I was not feeling it. And I was not a very good wife. Um, I just was not being my best self. And finally that I, I noticed some physical symptoms and I went to the doctor and he ran some tests and he came back and his only conclusion was you're stressed out. He said, your cortisol, your stress hormones really high. You've got to calm down. And I look at this, you know, older man, I'm like, I didn't say, but I thought that's so easy for you to say, you know, I've got these four kids. Oh, I'm sure they were with me in the doctor's office. Cause they were always with me. <laughs> so he told me that I needed to calm down. And after I calmed down from that conversation, I was like, okay, how can this realistically happen in my day? Um, And the final conclusion I came to was like, if I wake up before the kids, my youngest was sleeping through the night at this time. If I get up before the kids, I can have a little time to myself. And so I just started by getting up about 15, 20 minutes early going in the office. And this is, this was key for me, shutting the door, creating that boundary and 
doing yoga. And that's what my morning routine started with. It was yin yoga. Since you know yoga, Terilyn, you'll know what I'm talking about. But for those that don't, it's a very slow style of yoga. I mean, you hold each pose for like two to five minutes. It's really a focus on the breath because I knew that's what I needed at that time. I needed to slow down. I needed to calm down and probably most important of all, I needed that boundary of the shut door that even if you wake up, this is not for you. This is just for mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I cannot agree with you more. And yin yoga. Yes. Yin yoga is a very good yoga if you're trying to slow down. Okay. So I love that idea that for you, you're saying that a doctor actually told you that your cortisol levels were too high. And my question for you is how long did it take you to notice that something was changing when you took that time in the morning? You know, I would say immediately because, because I started with yoga immediately, I felt better, right? Yoga just puts you in a different state, that deep breathing, that slowing down. So right away I felt better, but I would say within probably the first week, I started to notice the ripple effect Mm -hmm. that it wasn't just like, Oh, I feel good from doing yoga. Like when I'm making dinner, I'm not losing my mind. And that's huge. That was huge at that point in time. And so it didn't take long to see the effects. And then because I started to see that I'm like, okay, this little bit of time that I'm doing is making a difference. And I actually expanded my morning routine and I grew it because I thought, what if I could also connect with God in that time? What if I could also do these other things that I want to do? Mm -hmm. And as I as I grew it, I found even more, you know, benefits to that morning routine. Mm -hmm. That's something beautiful. I think about establishing a morning routine is it does expand organically because for me, it's, I actually love it enough that I want those more things in it. Right. And I love that for me, it doesn't feel forced. It feels like this beautiful expansion feeling. And so I, I totally agree. That's how it has been for me also. So my question for you is what if I want to know more details about what you find the best parts of your morning routine. But before I do a barrier for a lot of people, when I talk to people about their mornings is sleep and tiredness. And this is one for me too. I mean, as a mother, I can control some things, but sometimes my nights are not controllable. You know, sometimes kids are going to wake up going to bed at the right time is still a challenge for me. And I've been waking up at five now for years. And I still find myself sometimes being like, why am I going to bed at this time? But it's still worth it for me. It's always still worth it for me to wake up at five. For me, that is my sacred time. And the trade of what it gives me is always worth the hour of sleep that I lose. However, I do think that sleep is very important. And I am not a believer in ever perpetuating the idea that being sleep deprived is a badge of honor because it's not. I think that taking care of our bodies, giving them the amount of sleep that our bodies need is very important. So my question for you is, um, for people who say, well, I am not a morning person and I am exhausted and I just can't bring myself to wake up. Where do you like to coach people to start? Yeah. Okay. So there's two things. One you kind of touched on, and that is an evening routine. Mm -hmm. I'll talk a little about that. And then the second one is to start small. So an evening routine, a lot of times we've all heard of the phrase decision fatigue. And by the end of the day, we're making pretty terrible decisions. Most of the time, by the end of the day, we are consuming and we're consuming junk TV, 
and junk food and other junk, right? It's just junk. By the time it gets to 10, 11 at night, you have made so many good decisions in your day. Your decision maker is like, I'm done. I'm out. You're on your own. And you're like, sweet, I'm going to go eat the ice cream. (laughs) So we want to have a routine in the evening, just like we do in the morning. And that's going to set us up for success in the morning. And so this is going to sound hard, but One of the best things that you can do is to shut off screens at a certain time every night. That's going to help you sleep better. That's going to help your mind calm down and prepare for sleep. And then whatever else helps you to calm down, to get in that state of relaxation. So whether that's reading a book or taking a bath or snuggling with your husband or whatever that looks like for you, but to have something regularly that you do in the evening, because a lot of times when I talk to moms, they'll put their kids to bed and then get a second wind and like, okay, the kids are in bed. Now I'm going to do all my email. Now I'm going to do this work. Now I'm going to watch this show or finally have a minute to myself. And then it just keeps on going and we stay up too late. So getting into some kind of a routine and you don't want it to be painful and you don't want it to be something that you hate, but you want it to support you. And supporting you means that it, it doesn't keep you up past your, your own bedtime and you get to bed. And the second part of that is to start small. So I do have a lot of moms who come to me and say, oh, I'm just not a morning person and I can't, I can't get up early. Well, you don't have to get up. Like I currently get up about an hour, an hour before my kids. And then I wake them up and then I do one little piece while they're doing their own thing. So my, my morning routine is about an hour and 20 minutes at this point. You don't have to start there. Don't start there. That, that will be way too much. Start with 10 minutes. If you were to get up 10 minutes before your kids, what could you do that's the most valuable in that time? And like you already mentioned, that can grow organically and it probably will when you see the benefits, but start small and let that 10 minutes be enough. That's a key there because so often we're like, yeah, but it doesn't really count. If I only do 10 minutes of yoga, that doesn't count. I have to do an hour. No, you do something and then you celebrate like, yes. I got up 10 minutes before my kids. I am a rock star. Like this was the best morning ever. And let yourself feel that. And that, that will make all the difference. Mm -hmm. I think that is what you just said is one of the keys to life. Honestly, how many times do we do something and we just tell ourselves that it doesn't count. It's not enough. And it doesn't count over and over and over. I didn't do that well enough. I wasn't patient enough. I, I exerted patience, but other people do it better. You know what I mean? We do that all the time and we don't take the time to recognize, wow, I did that. And, and I, and it's okay to feel good about it and that it is enough and that it counts. So I love that you just said that. I mean, I hear women and men, but particularly women, maybe because I talk mostly to women that, I mean, they're constantly discounting their efforts constantly and everything they do. I made a meal, but it was not the organic from scratch meal. And they're like apologizing to me. And I'm like, I don't care. I don't care what kind of meal you made. You made a meal for your family and you love them. You know what I mean? That's, I I love that you just said that. Let's just let it count, make a choice and let it count. And, and the cool thing about that is then we're actually, I call these kinds of things. They feel like brain hacks to me because what you're doing is you're kind of hacking into your brain's reward system. So if you do something and you let it count and enjoy the feeling of it and feel that feeling of, yes, I did this and it is enough. 
then the cool thing is, then you have this reward little thing in your brain. And then that makes you want to do it again. Right. So you're like creating your own reward system just by being present with yourself and allowing your own actions to count. So I love that you just said that start with 10 (laughs) minutes and embrace it, let it count. So, and I think something here, do you like to recommend doing, choosing one thing and have that be, so for me, meditation is my, like if I'm going to cut back to just one thing for me, meditation is my fulcrum point. It's my thing that builds onto all the other things. And I look forward to it. So for me, waking up even just for meditation is wonderful for me. And I usually still, I like the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. So I actually have like the six things that I go in, you know, we have meditations, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and writing. So if I'm going to cut it down to 10 minutes, I actually do like the bulk of it is my meditation. And then I do a quick, like I visualize the day. I say an affirmation. I literally like write a few words down. And for me, I actually, if I'm going to do a short one like that, I, instead of reading, I just do one of my memorizing either scriptures or poetry that I'm memorizing and I count it as my reading. So, I mean, so that takes like three minutes at the end, but I'll do seven minutes of meditation. So because meditation for me is my, I mean, like my core, but for my husband, exercise, like moving his body is the thing that motivates him the most and makes the biggest difference for him in his life. So if he was going to do 10 minutes, I'm sure he would say something totally different, right? He'd probably do push-ups or something, you know what I mean? For the bulk. And then how would you recommend for you, if you're going to do it, do you just do 10 minutes of yoga? And that's like a good place to start. Which, which one is to you the most important part? For yeah. You? So I would call that like your keystone habit. What yeah. is the thing, right? That is your keystone habit. So figuring that out is part of the process. I have a morning routine challenge that what it is, is it's five days of doing something different every morning. Now a morning routine is usually doing something the same, but the whole idea here is figuring out for you, what is your keystone habit? What is the thing? And the whole idea is paying attention through the day. How do you feel that day? How did you feel when you do it? How did you look forward to getting up that morning? And so it's going to be individual. Um, And mine has shifted over the years. It was yoga and now it is journaling. One of the things that I journal, when you mentioned Hal Elrod, he wrote another book called The Miracle Equation. And The Miracle Equation is so good. It talks about um, unwavering faith and extraordinary effort. And he has this thing, you write out your goals statement like that. And so I write out my goals. I write just whatever's on my mind. I write what I'm thankful for. And this is probably the most powerful thing that I do in the morning. I write what I'm thankful for in the future. I'm so thankful in the future and it it can be anything. It can be goals I'm working on. Or if I have a kid who's just being ornery, I will write, I am so thankful in the future that my kids can look back at their childhood and see what a good mom they had. I'm so thankful in the future that we have a good relationship um, or whatever it is. But that being grateful now for what happens in the future is it goes along with visualizing, right? It helps me to see it, but it also helps me feel it. And so that journaling piece has become huge for me. Mm, I really like that phrase. I mean, I do the visualizing for the future. And then I say something like, you know, I gratefully receive this. However, I do actually like, it makes it believable in my brain for this in the future. That's really beautiful. And journaling it out. And I think journaling gratitude is, that's my favorite part of bed. My bedroom routine is my gratitude. I just do three things that I'm grateful for. And it's in our journal that we are find the magic journal that we sell. 
we have an entire thing for the bedtime routine where you actually answer several questions, kind of looking back at your day. But the gratitude is by far my the thing that affects me the most. And I feel like allows me to really go into sleep, that gratitude. But that's interesting. I love that you mentioned two things I love there that you said. One is that it is different for everybody. And I like the idea of doing, what are the different things that you that you do in the morning that you, that you suggest people try out? Because I like that you're saying, pay attention to how you feel when you wake up looking forward to it and pay attention to how you feel after. I love that. Cause you're, again, we're just tapping into ourselves and being present with it and finding whatever your keystone habit is. So would you mind sharing what the different things are that I'm assuming you do all of these things in your morning routine, right? So tell me kind of, I love, it's actually my favorite question to ask people. I find myself just in random conversations with people being like, so so what do you do? And anytime somebody mentions, I wake up early. My neighbor just said this the other day. He's like, I wake up at five every morning. I was like, fabulous. Tell me, tell me what your routine is. What do you do? So as parents, we usually worry about what our kids are eating. Are they eating enough? Are they getting the protein that they need, the vitamins, the minerals? And that's why we're excited to bring you today's sponsor, Nourished. They make supplements for kids that can just help you rest assured that they're getting what they need for their little bodies. Our personal favorite is their Mighty Chocolate Milk. comes in both dairy and plant-based options. It's organic. It has all the essential protein and probiotics that your kids need as well as some organic spinach in there. They also have super juice in two different flavors, fruit punch and tropical orange. Both are delicious. My kids have tried and love both. They have complete multivitamins and whole fruits and veggies inside the powders. They're super easy to mix in just like a water bottle. And then they also have a kid's immune booster with winter coming up that is all natural and it's made out of whole foods that are turned into a powder like elderberry and vitamin C, D, and zinc. And it's kind of like a pixie stick, so it's really fun to eat and delicious. My kids always want more of them. So during this cold and flu season, it is a hit. So if you would like to try any of Nourish products, you can use code FINDTHEMAGIC15. That's F-I-N-D-T-H-E-M-A-G-I-C-1-5. FINDTHEMAGIC15 for 15% off your order. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So tell us what your routine is. And, um, and I love that you said that it has shifted also that it's okay to shift and have our uh, tastes and what we need in our lives change is what I hear you saying is you need that journaling is serving you the most right now out of all of your habits, which is so beautiful. And that's how you really know you have the right morning routine is as you shift, it shifts and you're not locked into this rigid thing that, that isn't serving you anymore. Um, so my morning routine is like this and all these elements are the things in the morning routine challenge. So I wake up and I journal first thing. And I, I mentioned kind of what I journal, um, the two that I didn't mention the, I didn't mention that I put there 
are um, what I'm excited about today. And today I choose to be. And that's just a word, kind of a um, how I want to show up today. And that really helps to kind of frame, you know, my day moving forward. Then I pray. And this is a, a kind of a different, just, I call it a, a prayer journal is what it really is. I'm asking specific questions. I'm asking, okay, what do I need to do in my business today? And I've got my journal still out and I write whatever comes to me. I write those answers. And so I'm, I'm, asking God a question and I'm writing what I feel. What do I need to do in my family today? Who do I need to serve today? How can I help this person? Um, I have specific things that I ask and then I just try to be open to whatever other questions come in and I write down those answers. Then I spend some time reading scripture and also writing down insights. So the journaling kind of weaves its way throughout then, and also all that is done in one location, which is my formal living room, which for the most part stays clean and nice. And then I move upstairs. I wake up my kids that's new with back to school, but, um, I wake them up and then I go in a different location and I do yoga and I do meditation. And so, um, that part is about an additional 20 minutes. So usually it's about 15 minutes of yoga and five minutes of meditation. So the time switch and I, I kind of vary it depending on how I feel. So overall that takes about, like I said, an hour and 20 minutes, but on days when we're traveling or, um, I woke up late, like I overslept cause that does happen sometimes, or I, I was up in the night with kids. I can shorten that and do all those things, but in about 10 minutes and I'll still do it. Even on mornings when I travel, I write a line in my journal. I read a verse of scripture. I, you know, still say a prayer. I do a quick yoga, maybe a five minute yoga. That's probably my, my longest one. And then I do a one minute meditation and I'm done. Mm -hmm. I love that you have in one of our past episodes, we talked about how there's, you can have a floor and a ceiling. And I think with any yeah. habit, you have that floor and your floor, you can, you can condense it down to 10 minutes, but that that floor is non-negotiable. We always start there. Yeah. And well, we, sorry, we don't start there. We always have that as an option if that's what we need. And I'm also glad that you admitted that sometimes you do sleep in. So <laughs> good to know. It just makes you real. You know, like we all, sometimes we all struggle with waking up, which leads us to the waking up process itself. What do you recommend for people? I like that you said um, that you actually start with your keystone, which is journaling. For me, that's crucial because, because I look forward to meditation so much. I do like doing it first. But again, going back to my husband, he's like, if I start with meditation, I would never get up because that's not what he wants to start with. Yeah. So he likes to start with exercise. So um, what do you recommend a few? I mean, there's some cool hacks to get up in the morning to get yourself out of bed Cause it's all about for me, momentum. Like once you're up, it's much easier, but for people who are struggling, actually getting out of bed, what are your favorite hacks for that? Yes. Okay. So for one thing, like we talked about not getting on your phone in the morning, I don't recommend using your phone. So many people use their phone to wake up and then it's just a temptation. You've it's already in your hand. Mm -hmm. Don't even go there. So buy yourself an alarm. They don't have to be expensive. You can get a cheap $5 alarm. But what I would recommend is a wake up light 
Oh my gosh. I love it. They wake you up with light instead of sound. If the light doesn't wake you up after a set amount of time, then it'll add some nice peaceful sounds. And that is so much nicer for me instead of a jarring, eh, eh, you know, that terrible alarm sound. And so, um, it's supposed to stimulate the sunrise, right? And that's how we want to wake up. And so that light is really helpful. If you need to wake up to sound, if that doesn't work for you or you don't like it and you find yourself snoozing, put your alarm clock across the room. Mm -hmm. Um, Snoozing is actually one of the worst things you can do because when you lay back down and you, you know, when you go back to sleep, you're not really getting into any kind of sleep state that helps you really rest. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is you're going to be groggier when you wake up than if you had just gotten up in the first place. So just get up. And the last thing, this comes from Mel Robbins. It's the five second rule. If you're laying there and you're like, I, uh, I don't know. We start to talk ourselves out of it. Like this bed is really comfy and warm. Do I really want to get up? Mel Robbins suggests count down from five to one, five, four, three, two, one, get up. As soon as you get to one, you are moving. And it's a simple brain hack that gets you out of that back and forth that like, should I, shouldn't I, I don't know. Do I No. five, four, three, two, one, you're up. And it's so simple, but it really does work and can help you, you know, just get out of your mind about it. Mm-hmm. That's brilliant. Five, four, three, two, one. I feel like that with snoozing for sure. It's always worse. Not yeah. only are you disappointed in how the morning went, but yeah, you're not any, you're worse rested. I would, yeah, I agree yeah. with you on that. And then there's that feeling of like, especially if I'm really tired. Cause I'm like, I just wasted 30 minutes that I could have actually been doing something that rejuvenates me, but I didn't. And then there's regret. Yeah. It's very unfortunate. So yeah, I would hundred percent agree. I don't know if I should say this because I don't think that this goes with any kind of science or people would recommend this, but something that I have started doing that I actually do love. And it does involve a snooze is I, I wake myself up and then I actually allow myself to snuggle with my husband for my snooze is seven minutes. So, but it's planned in, like I actually have a go off seven minutes before I want to get up. And then what I do is I snuggle into him and I tell him stuff with my brain. I don't actually wake him up because, you know, I don't want to have like, he's like, I'm just whispering in his ear while he's sleeping. But I say, I just say, thank you over and over. I just say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And it starts feeling gratitude for him, but then it moves to thank you for everything. You know, I, it's kind of like a prayer. I'm thankful for my bed. I'm thankful for this, but I'm not, I'm usually, you know, I'm just coming from sleep. So I literally say those two words. I don't even articulate items. I just say, thank you. And I'm snuggling. And then by the time I actually get up, I'm like energized. Like I'm like buzzing, like, yeah, that was so great. But as I say that, I don't know if that's actually a good idea for other people, but it really works for me a lot, but it's intentional. It's not like I'm not looking at it as rest at all. I'm looking at it as I'm like, Pull, and I even pull in what I do in yoga. Like, you know, I'm pulling in energy as I'm breathing in and I'm feeling my skin, like feeling it come alive. Like you do when you're coming out of Shavasana, you know? And so anyway, that's just a little thing. I don't know. I love it. I think there's so much there. Um, for one thing, like it's beautiful because it, it might not be scientific. I don't know, but whatever, because it works for you. And that is the key right there. Like what works for you in your morning routine? 
for some people that might not work. They might roll over, hug their husband and, you know, they're back asleep. And so that might not work, but also like the, the hormones, right. Going through your body of that. There's a hormone that you get from snuggling. And so you're getting that in the morning, you're feeling love. You're sending that to him. That is a really cool thing that I haven't heard in a morning routine, but I love it. (laughs) I love it. I love it too. So if it works for you, yes, I'm with you. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, don't do it. And, but I otherwise agree a million percent with the no snoozing and the walking across the room or putting your phone in another room is really helpful if you're having trouble with that. I love that. My daughter has one of those daylight alarms and she loves it. So I don't because I wake up a different time as my husband. So I'd be waking him up at a time. He doesn't want to get up. Okay. So tell me, I'm loving, I'm loving all this. What about one um, thing I've heard people say as they're kind of resisting the idea of morning routines, they'll say things like, well, I have other free time during the day. Why not just do it at, you know, 1 PM instead. And some, some I've heard make really compelling arguments for that. So my question is for you, do you recommend that people can just do it any time of day or is there something magical about the morning? There is definitely something magical about the morning. The only thing that I feel like is flexible on that is you can do your morning routine in two parts. How you start your morning absolutely matters. And so you want that first thing you do to matter. Now, sometimes I'll have mom say, you know, I've got to get my kids out the door at 6 a.m. or something. You know, it's early. It's hard. I'm tired. I get that. So still get up 10 minutes before your kids still do that. But then once your kids are in school, then you have part two of your morning Mm. routine and then you can lengthen that. So there is some flexibility that way. But that first part of the morning, um, your brain is actually a little bit different in the morning than it is at other times. Um, your brain has just, so during the night, your brain is cleaning out. It's getting rid of all the junk it's processing. And so what happens as it clears out, some of the connections are strengthened, right? It's making connections of what happened in the day. It's clearing out what you don't need. And so your mind is, even if you feel tired, you're going to have fresh ideas. You're going to have new things come to you, new insights. That's one of the reasons I like journaling, but whether you're sitting in meditation or whatever you're doing, you can tap into that morning time. If you just go, you just first thing you're making breakfast for your kids or whatever, you're not going to be able to use that. And you're starting off the day reactive. You're starting off the day, not intentional, not choosing how you want to be. So for people who really are resistant to a morning routine, I would still say, choose one thing, choose whatever that one thing is in 10 minutes and then put your other morning routine as early as possible as you can in the, the other day. And I wouldn't say 1 p.m. because the later you get in the day, we talked about decision fatigue. Also, just other things come in. People need you. Things happen. There's, you know, accidents, whatever is going on. And it derails you. And so the, the earlier it happens, the less is going to come and knock you off track. Mm, yeah. I agree. It's like putting in, we've all heard the analogy of putting in big rocks first. Yes. You can fill in their little sand, especially as a, well, I was going to say as a parent, but as an adult, our days are easily filled in with all sorts of things. We have so many things that just email itself can take over our lives if we let it, you know what I mean? If we don't fill the important things first. So I agree with that a hundred percent. And I think that's a beautiful idea. 
put 10 minutes, no matter what you can always, everybody can do 10 minutes. That's not going to affect your rest at all before your kids, before you have to get up and approach the day and then do the rest of it as soon as possible right after that. I think I could see how that would work for a lot of people, especially I could see it working. If you have one thing later, like I go to an exercise class at 9am Yes, and I've done everything else before that, you know, from six to seven. And then I just do that part at nine or how you, and I love how you do it, where you do. I'm really am feeling very inspired by your journaling. I, it's making me really want to deepen my journaling practice, but I love that you split up and then you do the yoga and the meditation after that's really beautiful. So, okay. Well, I agree hundred percent. And I think there is something magical about the morning. So let's talk about, we've talked about tips to help people get up, which I love. We've talked about why mornings are magical. We've talked about how it's affected you in your own life. And you've noticed a difference. I love that you've shared your specific morning routine. That is really, really helpful for me and sincerely has inspired me to deepen my own journaling practice. And so my question is for you, if people want more from you and they want to want help kind of getting in a morning routine, also as a life coach, you can help with all aspects of their life. Where do you recommend people come to you and connect to you? Yeah, well, I want to invite all your listeners to come and do this morning routine challenge with me. You can get that at chanelnielsencoaching.com forward slash morning dash routine dash challenge. And that is what we've talked about. It's got five days of different activities that you can try out and consider it like going shopping. You're shopping for your morning routine. What is going to work for you? And by the end, um, I share techniques and ideas that will help you put it together into a cohesive morning routine and figure all that out. But the morning routine challenge itself is just a way to get up early and try new things. Um, you guys are also, I'd love to see you on Instagram at Chanel Nielsen coaching. Awesome. Chanel Nielsen coaching. We will link both of those in our show notes and okay. I love that. And tell us, I mean, I, I don't know what the answer here is going to be, but we I like to ask all of our um, people who we interview, what is one game-changing habit for you that helps you find the magic in your life every day? Yeah. At the risk of being repetitive, it is definitely starting my day right. And it's starting with a morning routine that serves me. Um, it's taken trial and error. It's taken adding things and, and then realizing that doesn't work, but being open to finding what does. And now I have this morning routine that is magic. You know, years later, I am excited to get out of bed mm. to do my morning routine. And I don't want to sleep in because I'm like, if I sleep in, I'll miss it. Mm. I will miss this time. And so mm. that's magic right there. Yeah, I agree. Do you notice, because for me, morning routines are both immediate and cumulative for me. So if I miss, I don't notice, I notice a difference. If I miss it, I notice a huge difference that day. But then I notice if I don't deepen, if I don't keep it deep and I just start doing shallow, then that to me, that I notice a cumulative kind of overall discontent in my life. Um, So I I notice both, but do you notice the day? If you ever miss it, do you ever notice that day? Yeah, I, I'm kind of a stickler on this. So I don't, I don't miss. (laughs) I don't, I do something like I said, even if it's short, but I do notice the part you were talking about, you know, with the cumulative effect, like when it's just, just going through the motions, when I'm not like feeling it, when I'm not really experiencing this morning routine and I'm just phoning it in, 
then I notice a difference. And then I notice, okay, it's time to get back. It's time to put my heart back in there. It's time to adjust if needed. But yeah, that's when I really feel that difference in my life. And I can look and I can say, okay, you know, I'm feeling a little discouraged or frustrated or whatever. What needs to, I go back to what needs to change or I'm feeling disconnected from God. Okay. How's my morning routine been with my scriptures? How's it been with my prayer? Those are key that I can look back and they indicate like what else is, you know, I can see the ripple effect mm-hmm. both ways. Yes. And I know I had another question just come up and I know we've, you know, you've already shared with us your habit and where to find you, but I have to ask you, because again, I, my oldest is 12. You said your oldest is 16. I am for the first time, sleep is a different challenge for me now because I don't have babies waking up, but my kids are wanting to stay up later. So my question for you is, do you, do you go to bed before your children or do you like, how, how do you protect that going to bedtime at night? Yeah. Okay. And just for the record, my oldest is 18. She's just not my tallest. Oh. Um, <laughs> so what we have like a family evening routine where we read scriptures and we pray together and we put the kids to bed, but that means they're in their rooms mm-hmm. and they don't have to go to bed, go to bed, but it means we're done. Like our time here is done. You go do your thing. They put their phones to bed but then we don't have to parent anymore. So there's yes. a hard stop on the, on, on our parenting on when we're done and they're in bed, even if they haven't gone to sleep, because that is tricky for teens. What time is that for you? Um, so I like to be in bed by nine 30. My husband prefers 10. So we it's, it's in there nine 30 to 10. No, yeah, the kids is like eight 30, even for the teens, which is early, but but like I said, they're not sleeping at that time. Yeah. They're then going in their room and they're finishing homework and they're doing what they need to take care of reading a book or whatever. Mm, okay. I love that. And what about weekends? Cause that's hard. Yeah. Weekends. Um, same thing. We still have, you know, our evening routine and it's just sometimes pushed a little bit later. Um, but we, I, I like to go to bed early, so I'm not, uh, that's not usually a temptation for me. Cause I'm really tired at night. Like I'm ready to go yes. to bed. And then what when you wake up, I yeah. wake up, um, at five 50 currently Five fifty. Yeah. Okay. And what if your kids are out with their friends? Yeah. So the way that we do that is we have them go, they can go out and we go to bed and they wake us up when they come in so that, yeah, we still are getting our sleep. I know that doesn't work for everyone, but that has worked well for us. And then we can, you know, still make sure they're home by their curfew. If ever they forget, then I, I wake up. It's like my internal mom alarm. I wake up and I'm like, are the kids okay? You know? And, and then I go and check on them and then they get in trouble because it it works a lot better if they just wake me up. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I like that permission. I have felt I've started doing that because my dad always stayed up with for me always. And he would read a book, that vision of him. I'm walking in the door. He has his lamp on, he's reading a book. He'd ask me how my night was. And I just like, you know, tell him everything. So I wanted that for my children, but I just recently, honestly, the last month or so have given that up because I've told myself my, my dad didn't get up at five in the morning. So I have just started allowing them just to wake me up, you know, and they're they're still young. So they're coming in at like 1030. It's not like it's late, but I'm I'm glad you said that because it helps me feel not guilty. I'm just giving myself permission to do it that way. Just wake yeah, me up when you can. So come. important. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for letting me add on that full <laughs> question. But as you were talking, 
I was like, hold on, you're at a stage where I think me going into the stage of teenagers. And I mean, cause when they're little, I'd put my kids down at like seven, you know, when they're tiny seven 30 and we'd had no extracurricular activities, no friends like that needed to be right. They were hanging out with. So it's, I'm navigating something new and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are also going into that space or they have teenagers. So thank you for sharing those insights that I think will be really helpful for a lot of people. So, okay. Well, Chanel, thank you so much. You are fabulous and wonderful. And I could just talk all day about mornings. So thank you for coming on and giving us a fresh perspective and some really helpful tips. Thank you. This has been so fun. Okay. Well, let's find the magic everybody. Brown cows. (laughs) 